for The Daily Review, a podcast dedicated to reviews and discussion of TV, movies, and books. Look for us at Daily Review on Facebook and Twitter and dailyreview.com on the web. That's D-A-L-E-Y review.com. This is Paul Daly here with my wife, Caroline. Hey, guys. And tonight we're here to discuss the sixth episode of the third season of NBC's This Is Us. This one is called Kamsamnida. Mm, what does that mean, Paul? It means thank you in Korean. Oh, nice. Do you have any ideas what this title might mean? We have discussed a few possibilities. Um, it's a tenuous connection in that that we think the theme of this episode or maybe the whole sh- cotton picking show is <laughs> the strength one can draw from their partner, particularly husbands from wives. At least in this episode, it happens to be husbands drawing strength from wives. And so Kamsamnida would be like, hey, how about a little something for the effort? Right? <laughs> I love it. So we talked a lot about who this episode was really about. And I liked what you were saying that because Randall was really the focus of the flashbacks that he really rose above the others as the headliner, though Kate, you know, definitely gives him a run for his money. Big moments. Yeah. So let's get right into those flashbacks. We start off with Randall and Kevin and they're kind of doing that weird brother wrestling punching thing that I never understand. I don't get why any of you guys ever do that. I mean, you already whipped his ass in Tecmo Bowl. Why do you have to throw him on the ground? And, I don't know. And why do boys dominate do that? him like that? It's so weird to me. I don't really get it. But I would also kind of like to smile that when Jack comes in with the black eye, um, does that sort of mean like little boys never grow up? Because I'm sorry, didn't he just fake fight another man? Yeah, I didn't even think about that connection. But it's that uh, a thing? Do you want to fake fight men? I mean, he says he needs to do the boxing. Like the boxing is like a controlled release where hitting things is okay. And for some people, hitting things is the only way that they can get whatever that feeling is out. I can go with that. And I think maybe if you look at Kevin's sort of more antique hitting, like willy-nilliness of it, just like suddenly jumping on someone versus, like you said, the controlled, planned hitting that Jack does. Boxing is boxing. That, that's you, very mature, right? That's the same feeling, right. but matured. If you fuck around in boxing, everyone's going to be like, hey, we're boxing here. Right. It's a gentleman's sport. Right, you know? right, <laughs> right. You don't like, you know, snap someone's bra when you're, no. when you're boxing. No, you don't. No. <laughs> I hope you don't, because that's just super weird. So we felt like that there were two requests that came out of this boxing scenario. We had Randall asking to be taught, but we also had Rebecca asking Jack to basically lay off boxing or at very least bag only, like keep it as sedate as possible. Right. She's afraid of him getting hurt, coming home with more black eyes or worse. Yeah. Well, and do you feel like that's fair? Do you feel like that punching could absolutely, I mean, God, how do you, can you can you get black eyes when if you're wearing gloves and stuff like Yeah, sure. I don't know anything about being punched. I really think the, it's wacky. But again, the boxing and the sparring and all that, there's a whole gym there of of people that are like, you know, you have a corner person and and all that kind of stuff and so no one's going to let you get your ass just smoked that day, you know? They're going to be like, "Okay, you got him." That's it. They're going to call the other guy off. You may, you will absorb some punishment before that, but you're not going to get killed that night, you know? 
Ah, I kind of like that you said it like that because I like that you said that boxing represents his past and bad memories. And just how you said that, that in this controlled environment, you might get hurt a little bit, but no one's going to get killed. Yeah. Think about that, though. If that represents the war, then it's like you can kind of... If you have to, you know, people are like method actors or whatever, some therapists, you know, you have like aversion therapies and stuff like that. If you have to sort of get a little pain going, right, some amount of exertion, sweating, sure, whatever things going to kind of work through something. But but, you know, it's like within the safety confines that nobody's going to actually die. I yep. liked that you were yep. saying the whole bad memories tie in. And you know what? I really get the idea of like physical activity to work through problems. I absolutely like you guys know, you listen to us plenty, you know, with our kids, things get complicated. And when I need to clear my head, I mean, I want to go sweat it off. You know, that makes me feel like I'm more in control of everything if I can kind of control my body. And just plain exhausting myself also allows me to stop thinking, you know? She is a demon at the local bum fights. I'll tell you what. <laughs> so the the big deal that we kind of pulled out of this was the idea that here was Jack trying to work through his feelings and Rebecca saying like, nah, how about you kind of like squelch that? You know, let's let's just keep it all very mm, like with decorum, you know, which is a very mm -hmm. kind of, I don't know, I want to say like waspy or something thing to say, like, like we don't go to council. We don't, we don't need to go work out our problems. We just stifle it, like zip it up, you know, it, it's very country club, you know. Sanitizing um, something that you, that you, can understand but but feel like but just intrinsically you think it's in unpleasant or or just not the way that you would do things i mean people hitting each other is you know you you have to kind of have a level of being okay just okay with that you know as as a form of entertainment or exercise or anything you have to have like one level of like it's okay to hit someone and it's okay for someone to hit me you know, yeah. in, within this kind of like thoughts, you know? Yeah. And so I think that, the, that there, there are like two camps, you know, some people are like, no, that's okay. And, and as long as it's controlled and everyone agrees, it's all fine. And there's other people who are like, under no circumstances, just like, don't hit anybody, you know? And right. Yeah. Maybe it's a girl mm. guy thing. Uh, that that's a perception that's probably changing, but I don't know. This is the nineties. We're not quite as evolved back in the nineties. <laughs> well, speaking of evolution, I think that Rebecca actually does a pretty good job of morphing in these very small moments. Like if you really didn't pay attention to how much she changed, she went from being like, don't do it to like bag only to catching Jack teaching Randall and then having this talk that ultimately leads to her bringing like safety gear, headgear and such. Yeah. And actually asking Jack for this boxing lesson, if you will. Sort of, I think, a little like, let me into your world a little bit. Like, I don't understand it. I don't get it. But rather than shut it down, could you like enlighten me a little bit? I hated that scene where she catches Jack with Randall because that was that was a TV cliche trope that's been in the books since like leave it to beaver you know well definitely like the i'm home right like that was like very like why why yeah. wouldn't you just walk in does anybody say that i don't say that mm. i just walk in the house <laughs> yeah i mean i i very rarely be like hello i'm home you do like me to announce myself though. that's because i 
you know, I shouldn't even say this. I shouldn't even tell you guys that I'm home alone with children. But, you know, I don't want to be like a freaking sitting duck here waiting for somebody to run up on me. That's scary. I like I like to know if people are in the house. I like to know. I like to know. So but but still, you don't yell. I'm home. I say pause in the house. You, you do not. You either call me in advance or you're a jackass and you scare the shit out of me because I'm like, you know, making the bed. And then all of a sudden there's a human standing behind me and I like pee a little because <laughs> you scare me. It's not nice. Man. It's mean. It's horrible. All right. So this couple and this dynamic, I felt like really played into Kate's story. I do want to kind of go that direction now. Okay. So Kate had these this wonderful news to share. Did you feel like that montage news sharing was an effective way to show everyone's different reactions? Yeah, it was cool and, and stylish and, and effective in being, being a montage, but not being a normal montage, you know? And yeah. so it, it, you know, this show, this season is, is I don't think it's quite up to par with other seasons, but it does show that the, the people making this show do still have some some chops that, that let us know that it's like a high quality show still. You know? Absolutely. I agree. I think that the device completely worked. I think that the little snippets that you got where it's like another Pearson and then it's like, he's depressed about the baby. Oh, you know, like just back and forth. And then even, even like you said, in the previous episodes, how they can be really good in the show or bad. I don't know how you want to look at it at like almost pinpointing what the audience questions were and then like diving into that. So when Rebecca's like, he is back on his medication, but it takes a while to build up. (laughs) It was like, all of us were like, why can't he just go back on his medication? You know, like they actually had that question asked and answered right on, on screen for you. I thought it was amazing and and wonderful that everyone was happy for Kate and it really gave her the support that she needed to deal with everything that was going on still with Toby. The Toby stuff, I've been trying to think through with a little more empathy this week than than last week. I was pretty hard on Toby with the idea that he threw away his meds and was frantic to get back on them and not understanding the process of needing to call your doctor and everything to right. get back on meds. You were meds. very over that. And the reasons uh, I I felt like I had a right to be that way was just that I've gone through depress- depression-type states my, myself. I have to admit that I, I can't – I don't think the depth of my depression was ever anything like what Toby's talking about. What did he say? Every, everything that he sees is black or something, something to that effect. It it sounded really, really, really bad. And knowing that it, it, you know, it appeared that with the enthusiasm that she met the fact that he had even gotten dressed or taken a shower or anything. And this had been weeks. He'd been back on his medicine. That really makes you wonder, like, had he gone without a shower for two weeks? Like what? Potentially. You know, what exactly was going on here? I I liked the use of the dog. I thought that it was actually a very good surrogate baby situation for Kate. And it really kind of tested her ability to, I'm going to say mom up, not man up, but mom (laughs) up, right? Right. Because I felt like it was one of those scenarios where You have to be a caretaker. The entire part where she's at the park and the dog gets into something and then she has that ugly conversation with Toby where he's like, why weren't you paying attention? That is like textbook. Any accident that has ever happened with any kid anywhere and one parent's there and the other parent's not. The first line is, 
why weren't you watching them? Why weren't you paying attention? And her line of, I was on the phone. Oh, man. I mean, you just that who cannot relate to someone taking a call or texting, looking up and someone's bleeding and they'll say, how did it happen? You're like, I don't even actually know. Every time our kids have gotten stitches, a parent has either been right next to them. Painfully next to them. Or not doing anything wrong, but they still need stitches afterwards. One such scenario involves our daughter, Elizabeth, where she had gotten out of the shower and I was helping her towel off. And she was, what, four? Somewhere Mm. in that range. Yeah, really long. Our girls were born small and they have stayed small. And so this was a four-year-old, but don't think of whatever that normal size is, subtract about 20 pounds and you've got a much smaller kid. And so I I picked her up and and tried to like bear hug her in the towel. But instead I picked her up too low. Her center of gravity (laughs) tipped her over like a, like a, like a, like one of those drinking birds. And, and she just bonked her head right on the tile and she her skin is like nothing it's, it's like, like it's like rice paper and yeah. yeah just split her forehead right open i was standing right next to the vanity brushing another kid's hair and i just looked over like what blood everywhere <laughs> like, i don't even know what to say i don't even know what to say i would like to say that i do not remember any type of argument. I don't remember being like, why did you do that? I just remember being like, oh my God, like, what do we do now? You know, it was like, ah. I knew my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't need any reinforcement But on in that. that case, like Toby does say, like, well, why weren't you doing a better job? And then, you know, quickly catches that, you know, that was bad to say. Yeah. I thought the dynamic of having Kate actually call Rebecca seemed so natural and so realistic that she would be like, oh my God, mom, you know, this happened with the dog. What do you think I should do? I honestly think that would have been a really difficult decision. Uh, You know, this is a minutia kind of point of this, but what would you do, Paul? Would you have had surgery on the dog or would you have seen if it just worked itself out? Did they get x-rays? Yeah, they yeah they had to actually like up on the thing with like a little rock. Hmm. We've had a human need to poop out something, and it was uh, a hearing aid. It was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That was also in the presence of trusted adults. Uh, Like three adults were sitting right next to her when it happened, and she laughed about it. (laughs) (laughs) And we went with the poop route. um, So nobody offered to do surgery, but and I didn't. I don't think that would have been a good idea. No, but the whole perforated intestine talk that like as the rock traveled through it could kill the dog and so the question mark of like do you intervene what do you do the surgery itself had its own risks yes i mean digging around in your guts to find this rock is not gonna it's not gonna be like that's where the rock is it's gonna be like where is the rock it's gonna be like this yeah this like scavenger hunt and so i think her advice of well when the dog if the dog looks like it's in distress then take it back. Yeah, I totally liked it. And I think, you know, every part of that mirrored the advice she was really giving with Toby. The whole like wait and see, watch, act when it's time, you know, be be persistent and and paying attention to the whole situation, but don't do anything that is like out of impatience or out of, you know, like a rushed decision. Um I thought that that was wise and and I think that she really does that with Toby. When the time is right, you'll know basically, you know, like if the dog gets into distress, you'll know, or if, or when it's time to sort of step up with Toby, which is ultimately what happens here. You know, she had asked Toby 
a couple of times to go on a walk and he's like waves her off. And after talking to mom and especially that whole idea of I'm not going to be here forever. You're the mom. Now you're going to have to start taking some of this on. I had like an identical conversation with my mom when I was in the hospital with the girls. And it was like, moms have to make the tough decisions is what she told me. I believe that that's true. Dads are wonderful. Dads are fantastic. It tends to be the mom who has to make the day-to-day decisions. And when it comes down to all those small decisions, they really do steer the little guy's lives. And it's sort of taken for granted a little bit about, you know, something as silly as eating something at the park. But, you know, it's magnified mm-hmm. how many times you make a decision like that every single day. And then, you know, who you're actually creating as a little person here. Right. So I really liked that Rebecca, like, kind of gave her blessing and even sort of passed the torch with her. Like, you are the mom of your house now. So you've really, you've got to take control of the dog. You need to watch Toby. And she did sit when the time was right, say, no, Toby, I think you do need to go for a walk with us. And that seemed like the right thing to do. That's the thing. Time will tell. I don't know. That's the thing about depression. If I had to interject my own experience. Absolutely. It would be like Toby says, he, you don't, you really actually don't feel up to or able to either do those things like like join somebody on a walk whatever or you feel like if you if you went your situation would only get worse <laughs> you know okay you'd say something wrong you'd, you'd do something wrong and it would just you know this, it would start raining uh oh, just God. everything that could go wrong would go wrong things like that and um but the the way you kind of get through it is what toby started to do this episode is he just started faking it right yeah it's like the fake it till you make it kind of part you know i'm not a psychiatrist or anything like that but from my own personal experience that is one way to dig yourself out of a depression is you get back into the those routine things that you did before you just you know sunk and before you know it you you're doing those things. You're not thinking the negative thoughts. You you do you are seeing more positive things, and you're kind of back to normal. Like I said, I wasn't Toby depressed, but that approach did work. Do you think that with Toby's comments about like everything's black and stuff? Do you think just like staying at home is that is that the right course of treatment? Like, should he? I mean, we then show us everything. We don't know if he was seeing his doctor daily or anything. Like, I don't know, but it's. It, I guess if they were just going the time route, I guess that's where the patience with the dog and the everything comes in, right? I think that just seemed really, like, really quite bad. I know f- you are a uh, active doer type person, and so when there's a problem, you you do things to fix them, right? And the idea that not doing anything fixes a problem or could even contribute to helping a problem. I, th- I know that that doesn't really compute for you, but it's definitely hard. <laughs> if you think about the potential damage he could do to his business, to his relationships and all the rest of his world, if he forced himself to get up out of the house before that medication had enough time to start getting him going again, it probably is better to let it gestate for a couple of weeks in bed. I mean, I don't know that he's getting any worse by staying in bed. And I think he can only, as long as he keeps listening to to Kate and faking it enough until he does make it again, 
then staying in bed is not a bad choice at this point. It's not like six months that we know of. It's just two weeks. So then to that end though, so then do you feel like Kate did the right thing by saying, no, you need to go for a walk? Like, was that the yeah. right thing in that case or should yeah, she? Yeah, I mean, he off? didn't he didn't come out and say come somnida about it or anything. <laughs> right. But um, nice. but it is it is a step toward where he wants to be again. I like that. I like that very much. So um, moving forward, I guess we'll see if pushing Toby like that ha- is going to be proven to be, you know, a positive thing or not. Timing wise in where we are. Does Kate have this baby at the end of this season? Oh, I don't see how. How many months are we? We're in like a... Uh... We're on the sixth episode. Oh, no, she'd only be like six months. And but this so, is an 18 oh, okay. episode season. Sorry. Obviously, you guys, I'm awful at math. So, But then that makes her giving birth, though, like at the beginning of next season, like September or something, right? Like right when we come it's back. so hard to tell we? what they did with the timeline. Because, yeah, you're right. I mean... I'm trying to go the real way time. Because they're going to give us what, what like... 10 episodes up front and then eight on the on the backside or something uh-huh. like that so i mean they could squish it so just because they kind of sped things up it makes me wonder if it will be the season finale you know yeah because because the way they sped things up that baby would would be cooking for like 11 months if <laughs> if they waited until unless they do it in a flashback sequence kind of thing you know where they actually show it to us as this season premiere but it doesn't they do like to play a whole lot with our timelines so getting back to that we have this other storyline with Randall and the boxing where he asks to be taught do you think that it this was a good use of Jack in propelling Randall story. Yeah, because this was our chance to get another Jack speech, which we haven't really had in a while, you know? And so the way that Randall's grown up storyline works this episode, it feeds directly back to that Jack speech. So, what was your, the big moment? In that talk, that in case anybody missed it. See, this was a confusing plot line for me initially until we talked about it. Because if you just if you're not really paying attention, like like you do when you're watching um, a episode of This Is Us on on your lunch break, you might co- connect these dots. Right? He gets his butt kicked by Kevin. He asks to be taught uh, boxing, and it's and and even though he tells his dad, "I'm not going to use it on Kevin. I'm, I want to be closer to you." That all feels very weak. Like he's actually needing it to to punch Kevin back, right? I don't despite know, I don't what he know. says. I don't. One thing that did not ring true to me was the lying about the bully. I I feel like he knows his mom and he has a good relationship with his mom, and he's got to know that if he tells a lie. That is a such a thing as a bully. Someone is bullying me at school. He's got to know his mother is the type to call. Right. Like, so that part is sort of a little like, I mean, his the jig was up in like two seconds. You know, that's that, why this whole thing felt mm, a little weak until you get to that Jack speech. Well, which, and the, the key there, right, was the son and the son's son, right? That was the key was, for me. Yeah. Yeah, that that continuation of the theme of of Randall's continuing trouble to find his place in the world, you know, where he belongs, who he belongs with, even though Jack's there telling him, you're my son, son, you know. <laughs> nice. Uh, I definitely, I, I think that that differential between 
I am your son, but Kevin is your son, son. I think it translates very well into Randall's race for this councilman position because we have Saul, who is most definitely being defined as the son, son of the neighborhood, while Randall has the paperwork that says he has rights to being here in the neighborhood. And so therefore he is the son right? He literally is the son of William and he's on the lease and blah, blah, blah. But he's not the son, son that everyone's looking for. Right. What did you think about Randall going to church? A, was it so transparent? And like, do you really think it would work to like ingratiate yourself to a church that you've never gone to? And B, what did you think about Saul's very strategic play? Randall set himself up when he didn't bring his family. So he took a medium idea, or maybe even a bad idea, and took it down three notches by not bringing his family and his adopted daughter. You know, like that, I think that would have been okay to to have the bunch there. That'd have been, that'd have made the best of that medium idea, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And it it seems like he's savvy enough to understand the optics of coming alone. Yeah. So that especially at least bring Beth, right? Like it just seemed odd. Given the way that the story ends with him asking Beth to help out, it's almost like he needed to go it alone for a little while. Oh, I like that. And then realize he needs the help. So what did you think about Saul? Saul's a master. I mean- That was good, right? He uh, He's not intimidated by Randall at all. And he is going to probably underestimate him at some point. But at this point, he feels well in control of this whole situation. Well, I think that we can figure out what the underestimation is. It's the it's not really understanding the constituents within his um, district like that. He yes, he has a foothold in the African-American community, but there's, you know, 50 percent Korean population that he apparently is not doesn't have any you know resonance with so i think he already underestimated the amount of like straight up research that randall would do to find the loophole and figure this out now i do think that this is a double-edged sword for randall getting voted in by the people who you you were not exactly thinking of wanting to be your focus of help is kind of putting you on a rocky road not that he wasn't going to help the korean communities but if you have your eye on the prize as like i want to fix up the block in the community center in the african-american community over here then how disingenuous are you being of course that gets called out with day one exactly yeah now the trick of is that how did he not realize that once you got voted in that that you would further alienate the African-American community who told you to your face they didn't want you. Like, isn't it worse at that point then if you don't win them over? He seems to be operating kind of moment to moment on this deal, doesn't he? To me, yeah. And like very like, he just like, he thinks he has a little, it's like rock climbing. It's like, I can grab that. And it's like, yeah, but did you even look ahead and see there's like, there's not three more, you know, rungs for you to grab. Like you just kind of grabbed at something. Like we got to see it occur to him that having a potential Oscar winning, you know, brother might be useful to a guy with no reputation at all. 
he just thought, you know what? You could be handy on this deal, <laughs> right? I also think that it doesn't ring true that Randall would not be aware of Kevin's popularity in different places. Like Kevin having a K-pop song, you know, about him or being like just blowing out Korea, generally speaking, I don't see how that would get by Randall. Like, wouldn't that be like even a funny thing to get him for Christmas, like a t-shirt with his K-pop song on it or some crap? Like, doesn't it seem like something you would you would rib your brother about or something, you know? Uh, it, it seems like he was not that ignorant about I, it, but... I think Randall wouldn't. He might have up until the point when Jaywon told him that in Korea, he's called Baby Man. And... Baby man. That really undermines Kevin's do serious people take me seriously motif this ah, season. You yes. know what I mean? Nice, nice. So if Randall's thinking about it, he is not going to tease anything about baby man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought that Kevin had a lot of pride in the whole thing. I, I don't think that he was embarrassed. I mean, if you're the top show in a country, good God. Yeah, but baby man, it's no just, one wants to be called baby man. No, no. It's just the way it translates. I, I understand. I don't, I don't think it's still, I mean, baby man's not, not, not a compliment. What was Homer called? Like the Mr. <laughs> Mr. Sparkle. <laughs> Mr. Sparkle. I don't know. It's just like something I don't, it made me think of that, of like being popular in another country. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, 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 I think you're right that Randall is grasping so much that he doesn't even know where his power lies. And I think that that is a huge part of this is that, you know, he doesn't recognize that Kevin could have brought anything. He doesn't recognize that bringing his family would have been helpful. And most especially, he overlooked Beth. Exactly. I mean, uh, dude, if, if you have a Beth at home and you're keeping her on the bench, I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> you're you're mismanaging your team. I don't know. I mean, so did you think that it was realistic, I guess, that Randall would have gone home and that conversation between Beth and him would have resulted in him offering the job and Beth actually taking a job? Yes, I do. She needs to feel like, I, I mean, I, I understand the idea that where is this couple earning their money, but Beth definitely has a need to feel useful in a capacity that she feels good at, right? Of course. And this Girl Scout stuff ain't it. Oh it's, my gosh. It's dealing with adults and keeping projects going and that kind of stuff. That making a difference for, I mean, that was the whole point of whatever her job was, was making a difference for an underserved community. That's the whole freaking point yeah. uh, of, of Randall's platform here. So then is it unrealistic that she would not have been more active in it at this point, given everything you just said? I mean, it's so well, she's obvious got her, to us. She does have her own shit. Let's she, talk about her own shit because Beth does have some stuff going on here. Again, in one of those moments where you're like, are the writers under our beds? I talk about the need to see more about the girls like <laughs> all the time, right? Like yeah. Tess and Annie don't get enough play. When the little one says, and when are we going to talk about us? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I complain about that constantly. Yeah. So they do have this actual little plot that these girls have not had this whole time. I said, why do we never follow them to an activity? Why do we never see anything that any of their friends or anything that's going on? So first of all, I'd like to say that I do think that Girl Scouts help each other within like a troop. Yes. So I don't really know why this has to be completely winging it. Did they explain at all how it is 
that Beth would have both a brownie and a Girl Scout, meaning meaning someone that has been through this yes. many times, that she wouldn't know any of the protocols about swiping. She looked like she never even heard that you can actually swipe credit cards at all. Okay, so I have a few points to that. One, I think that Randall took care of all of these things. Mm. He was the dad making the diorama. She was working from everything they've showed us, whether that's completely accurate or not. They've shown us Randall sitting and doing homework, Randall picking them up at school. Uh, there's a there's a lot of heavy Randall. So to me, I think he probably does know a lot about cookies. And she did help by taking it to the office. And it was just like a check off of her to-do list to just get all those cookies sold. You know, so how, you know, how you make the sausage, she doesn't care about, you know. Okay. But... But the flip side to that, I do think she's tech savvy enough to freaking be aware of, you know, a card reader on your phone. Like that seems like, I mean, just from like a woman's standpoint that have you never attended any pop ups of anything anywhere of any product? <laughs> right. I mean, I don't care where you are. There's makeup pop ups. There's restaurant pop ups. There's stuff everywhere where people are like freestanding where they use their phone and a swipe. It, it, that part was like really like she's like what is a swiper and like deja who has grown up in extreme poverty can tell you all about the swiper <laughs> but beck can't yeah mm, that was far-fetched i thought so too i also think she would have called the store to find out if they were allowed to put a table outside i think and so the too. store manager would have said no troop jojos are here and it's busy that kind of stuff has like a sign-up sheet like let's not be stupid now i know that again beth is hasn't been like the stay-at-home mom vibe so i don't know that she's ever experienced any of this stuff but some of it is common sense so i don't exactly like what they did with beth in that regard i do appreciate that that was very realistic to be like shut your lips Shut up, shut up, shut up. Yeah, like I that. love that because I feel like that is very accurate. Um, well, Tess was giving her a pretty freaking hard time, <laughs> right? Yes, absolutely. And we have teenagers in this house and it is no fun to be getting a lot of lip. I I, I may have been known to say, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Or I walk out of the room, tell you to like, go shut them up, shut them up, shut them up. It might happen. But so... I thought that the actual resolution of having Deja have to sell Randall to Beth was actually kind of funny and cute that she was like, you know, if you let him know, he's going to tell you you're exceptional. <laughs> and it was like, oh, that's pretty funny. And Deja did have a very unique viewpoint, having supported her mom through multiple job losses. So like where her own kids could not mm. relate when she said, my mom lost jobs often. I like, I recognize the, the pain that you're having and that kind of thing. And, and I thought that she did a really good job of like, you know, putting those puzzle pieces together for Beth. Do I think that Beth needed it? I'm not sure. But I think the thing that struck me actually was when Beth walked in the room and Deja was sitting on the bed. My first thought was not that Deja was going to give a talk, but that Deja has come from such difficult circumstances that I, I know that it was very human of Beth to lose her temper. Mm -hmm. But it also seems like you would be extra careful not to be unpredictable like that. And I think that they had gone through adoption classes and stuff. So everybody's human. She could totally, you know, lose your shit. People do that. She didn't like 
throw the cookies on the floor or something. Don't get me wrong. But when I first saw Deja sitting there, I thought, ouch, you know, that was probably so much more scary for Deja to have the mom figure lose it a little bit and mm-hmm. not be so strong far more than, you know, Tess and Annie. Interesting. I didn't even, I didn't even give it a second thought when I, when I saw that scene unfold. I just, I took it, I took it just for what it was as Deja feeling like she had the secret. <laughs> she did have some secret sauce. So it looks like Beth and and Randall, despite the fact that it seems very obvious that R&B would join forces to run this campaign, it, it, it they did drag that out before R&B yeah. actually come on into the situation. So we have that now, though, moving forward. And do you still think that he's not going to win now that we have, you know, our Korean John character? And now, Beth, are they going to make them all losers in the situation? Or what do you think will happen here? They've got a, such a such an uphill battle. Like you said, um, even if you win, you kind of lose. Continuing with the theme of Randall's out of placeness, he's 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 struggled to find his place amongst other African American people, and this is a situation where he went to them and he said, "Hello, I'm one of you," and they said, "Nope, you definitely are not." So for him to find a home with the Korean population is like par for the course for, for Randall, right? I believe yes. Yes. Uh, will he win with the Korean vote? I think it's more meaningful if he wins, if he does manage to make inroads with the African-American community somehow. I think he's going to have to, because I think even if he wins with the Korean vote, I think that they're going to turn a cold shoulder on him and and the black vote. And so I just, I really, because I think that they will look at it like you weaseled yourself in, you Mm. know, and nobody really respects that, you know? I mean, I think it was eye opening to say this, this whole district is a lot bigger than your servicing anyway. You know, if, if, if Saul's only really got it in with this group. So I, I, I think it will be interesting to see how they play this out because some part of me wants him to win. Some part of me feels like there's going to be some twist where maybe John ends up winning councilman or something. Mm. Somebody who does belong there and does care and has been tapped in to the whole thing. I, I, I can't imagine. I do not have any sense of how we get there, but seems to cut and dry to be like Randall runs for councilman and wins. Like, it just seems like, huh, where's the twist? You know, where's the part where he might have to actually be selfless and somehow pass this to someone else in some way, you know? That, yeah. I'm just trying to be twisty here. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so our last character that we did not get a chance to really touch on individually, though he played into everybody's stories, was Kevin. We have such a funny little part with him because he really is like this little imp who just kind of like goes around dabbling in everyone else's stories. You know I don't respect boundaries. (laughs) Yes. When he said that, I was like, I kind of love Kevin for that part. And y'all know I don't say I love Kevin that much, but I mean, come on now. That was really funny. I respect the way that Kevin operates for some of this, the part with Randall where he was like, I know where your address is and I'm coming anyway. 
and then offering to help. Love all of that. Like, love Mm. it. Love it. Now, on the Zoe side, I'm a lot less loving this because she was so clear that this was her process, that she takes this night for herself and she completely decompresses, kind of wipes her brain free. And this is something she does by herself. I really felt like it was out of line. Like it would have been a lot better for me had he simply waited to the morning, maybe showed up with coffee and flowers or something and proceeded from there. Like give the woman her freaking night, you know, like why you got to barge in? He uh, he unwittingly tested the relationship probably a lot further than he thought he was going to because if they are a long-term item, that sort of thing is just going to happen all the time. You're, like Whatever your personal process is becomes a group process one way or the other if you, you know, engage with another person long-term. You know, even if I don't care who you are, some somehow you're going to adapt to each other. Of course. Yes. So. So you thought it was okay that even though she like straight up said, Kevin, this is my process. I would like this one night to be by myself. It it was okay. And like thumbs up to go over there, acknowledge you asked to be alone and then be like, but anyway, let's talk about me all night. Uh, well, here's the thing. You know how um, on the <laughs> the Simpsons has this great joke where um, someone will be asked to do something asinine, and then Homer will say, "Don't do it with attitude," or "Don't do it at all," and <laughs> and and uh, like she's kind of a snot when she demands it from him. Oh no, this is my thing. You stay back, stay away from Damn, me. Damn, I'm taking this so differently. I mean, her I'm, attitude about the whole thing was uh, wasn't like, you know, the, like I, this is an important I, boundary to me and and it was just more like in your face, Kevin. I'm taking this time away from I you. I totally didn't hear it that way. I really and I don't think this is a guy girl thing, I don't think, but I really heard her very clearly be like, I this is something I do. And then when he when he basically is like, oh, yeah, cool, we could go to this restaurant. She was like, no, no, no. This is something I do by myself because I just want to like soak in the tub. And I just want to kind of like, like I said, like decompress, like kind of wipe her brain. I didn't think that she was saying it in a snotty way. I really I took it like she was being very clear with that boundary. Now, how that will play out and what the next step is in terms of like, I we know she's going to fill out that visa application. We know she's going to go to Vietnam with him because we've seen the flash forward. So we know this can't do some sort of big lasting damage or anything. But I think when you make the decree, I don't respect boundaries. <laughs> I do think that's going to come back and bite him hard in the glutes, Paul. <laughs> the, the glutes? Yeah. Yeah. He might have nice glutes, but there's still Bitten. he's going to get bit hard, I think. Hmm. Do you know what part made made me like want to bite hard? Uh, no idea. The boxing scene with Jack and Rebecca. Come oh. on, come yeah, on I with mean, the playfulness and the 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 like just smiles and love between them. I feel like that might have been a throw in kind of like scene or whatever that maybe a lot of people would be like that didn't forward the plot. But for me, I'm like that's the bowling alley dancing. That's the. That's the moments that like make Jack Jack and and Rebecca, you know, as a couple, they there's so much there to me. That's like 
you are you are servicing that group that need a swoon every episode, you know, and uh, and I'll be one of those girls who are like, damn, you know, like that was that was fun and playful and cool. And I liked when he was like, you know, a nightgown and boxing gloves. Like I didn't know it was like my thing, but it's kind of my thing now. Like I was like, I think that's hot business. So I was all over it as opposed to Kevin showing up Mm. at Zoe, which I thought was not a cool, you know, that was not a romantic move. That was not a respecting anything kind of move. It was kind of like, you know, he could have waited a day. Could have just waited till morning. Just till morning. And again, bring breakfast, whatevs, you know, it's all good. It's all good. Just give her a minute, you know, give her a minute. Dudes out there, give her a minute. Pete, I know you're listening. Give her a minute. Okay, please, Pete, please. Okay, so all in all, did you like this episode? Did you feel like it was a strong episode? Are we kind of bringing season three a little bit more breath in its chest or what? This uh, felt like this the strongest episode of the season so far um it felt most like an episode from seasons past um i agree because you definitely look for those flashback current day um tie-ins that's like one of the things you you frequently bring up to me like oh i saw how they did that you know and and i really enjoyed going back to that time period when the kids were about that age you know they were still kind of cute and playful and i'm certainly certainly very over the surly teenagers like yeah. i really don't need to ever see them again uh in a lot of ways at least for right now i don't want to say never see them again but i'm kind of i'm kind of tired of maybe because we have so many teenagers in our freaking house maybe it feels like overload don't need any other mothers in my <laughs> life right <laughs> right what does lorelei gilmore say don't say mother like that. And then she says, like what? She says, like, there should be another word after it. <laughs> That's how I'm talked to on the rig. So mm. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks a lot. Catch us on iTunes or your preferred podcast software. Our website, dailyreview.com. That's D-A-L-E-Y review.com. Facebook or Twitter or wherever you find us. Please leave us a comment and a rating to let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for listening, pot people. Thanks for listening to my mom and dad. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Just go home, folks. <laughs>